Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Do you want more out of the fog, or are you just wondering what I'm knitting slowly, so slowly with the knitting, or what jigsaw puzzle I'm working on in my off hours? You can find all that and more on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Fog City Psychic over there. Now, nightmares can shake us out of sleep, and they can mirror our real-life worries. They can be profoundly disturbing and maybe sometimes instructive. Dream interpreter Stassen Michaels is my guest today, and she'll talk about how to handle bad dreams and give us some tools for deciphering their meaning. We'll also take a look at how we might keep daily anxieties from becoming invasive bad dreams. So are you ready to meet her? Stassa Michaels has three degrees in psychology and a lifetime of experience in writing and dream analysis. She's taught college courses in psychology and dream interpretation and has done a great deal of research on nightmares, including writing two theses. She's the author of eight dream books, including the bestsellers, A Little Bit of Dreams and Nightmares, The Dark Side of Dreaming. Her newest book is a true crime novel called Justice Plays Roulette. You can find out more about Stasa and her work at interpretadream.com. Stasa, welcome to Out of the Fog. Well, hi, Karen. It's, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'd love for you to know and understand what a nightmare is and how to handle it by the end of our session here. Well, so... So what is a nightmare? It's way more than just a scary dream, right? You know, I look at a nightmare as something as if you were going to a Halloween party. A nightmare is like a regular dream, a normal dream that has put on a scary costume or a mask. And the main reason it's done that is because of fear or anxiety. It's kind of like seeing a person on a dark street at midnight from a distance. And until they get closer, they look scary. So nightmares are often more about frightened dreamers than about scary dreams. And it'd be great if we could welcome every dream with open arms. But of course, that's not always possible. It helps to remember that a nightmare brings a constructive message. So the aim is to look for the message. And maybe not be so afraid. I've had dreams where, really scary dreams, where all I wanted when I woke up was to try to forget the dream. And that may not be the most constructive way to deal with it, I'm guessing. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly the problem, is the fear that gripped us, that created the nightmare in the first place, becomes what we react to. Instead of looking under the mask, to see what the message might be. And let me give you a hint of how we could start to do that. For example, remembering that dreams are pretty much mostly metaphors. So the first thing you do is you assume that the nightmare is symbolic. So if you have a dream about a child or a spouse who dies, remember that 
it's not real. You start by looking at the storyline or the gist and how that story might apply to your life. For example, a dream about an attack is talking about a confrontation or doing something with force or a dream of being killed or killing is about a forced ending. So you ask yourself, is there something ending in my life that feels forced or that scares me? Or if you dream about a car crash, which is a common kind of nightmare, a car crash is telling you a story about something that's off track or out of control. That can be a heads up about a project or a relationship that's getting off track. So that's what you do. You look for the metaphor in the story and ask, how can that apply to my life? And you can see lots of examples of finding the storyline with the metaphor on my website. What I've, I often talk to people who say, I don't dream or I can't remember my dreams. Every, all of us dream, right? How can we increase our chances of remembering what we dream? Well, the number one thing, as far as I can tell, is having an interest in dreams. It's kind of like all of our attention and our focus and wherever our thinking goes is like a flashlight. If we point it in a certain direction, that's what we'll see. And if you don't drive a car, as you drive down the road, you never see the signs, you never see the highway signs. But once you start to drive a car, every highway sign and every stop sign jumps out at you. And dreaming is kind of like that. Um, once you make up your mind that you're interested in dreams, your own interest and enthusiasm becomes that flashlight that connects you to your unconscious. And of course, once you connect to your unconscious, where dreams are connecting, it also connects you to your soul and to the superconscious and the beyond, even way more. And dreams connect you to all of that. So number one factor, I believe, is just the interest and the enthusiasm. Does it help to build a practice of, of, of writing down our dreams or, or telling, uh, telling our dreams back to ourselves? For sure, for sure. As soon as you're interested, you get a notebook or um, some audio file and uh, audio on your phone. And when you have a dream, you just record it. But a lot of people start recording their dreams and then it kind of sits there in a computer file or in a book. So recording the dream is, is not the goal. The goal is to understand what it means. And for example, as we look at the, um, the kinds of different nightmares or dreams, the five steps that you take are, are really, it's like learning to drive a car. You see what the controls are and you learn a few rules of the road and then you practice a little bit. And then before you know it, as you apply all that, it comes with ease. And dream analysis is like that too. You look at the five steps that are on my website, you know, which are looking at the emotions, finding the storyline. Then you see how that storyline or metaphor applies to your life. And then you look at the symbols. What do the symbols mean, whether they're scary or not? 
And the symbols connect you to your memories. What was your experience of a rose? To one person, it's a, uh, an experience of love. They got roses on Valentine's Day. To another person, they saw roses at a funeral of a loved one. So a rose to them means sorrow and sadness. And then as you put all these pieces together, the meaning jumps out at you. So you just have to kind of practice these little steps on a few dreams. Uh, I can give you lots of examples, but um, or we can talk about different kinds of nightmares, which can be kind of interesting to see as well. Where would you like to go? I'd love to hear about the different kinds of nightmares, because if before I read the book, if you'd asked me, I would have said, there's one kind, the scary kind that I don't <laughs> want to have again. Right. So right. what are the different kinds of nightmares? Okay. Well, as you say, there can be a whole handful of them, but let's take a couple of the really common ones. One of them, the, the more basic kind is when you have a fear and that's a real fear. So for example, the company where you work begins to downsize and they begin to let people go and you're afraid you're next. So your own anxiety and fear brings on a nightmare. You begin to dream that your house is burning down. So that's a story about a huge loss. It mirrors the fear of losing your job, losing your income. So that's a kind of nightmare that's based on a real fear. Then there's another common nightmare. Maybe one of the most common as well is something that people don't think about. It's a nightmare that confronts you about you. It, it gives you feedback about our own limitations and thoughts, and that feels scary. And that's because the ego doesn't like to be confronted. So when the psyche, your inner manager, begins to, to shine a flashlight on your secret shadows and faults, as we all have, it scares you, but we need to get in touch with those limitations so we can fix them. Let me give you an example. A young woman dreamed that she was inside her apartment doing something on a Friday night. She was smoking marijuana, and it was in a, in a state, and at a time before it was legal. And in the dream, the police begin to bang on her door, and they're ready to arrest her in her dream. And she wakes up feeling terrified. Now, the story des describes a confrontation related to some activity that's not lawful. Mm -hmm. And then in real life, she was struggling with her weight. And guess what? She had started to binge, to binge eat. So mm -hmm. the dream was a confrontation about binging. She was doing something she knew was wrong, and that had consequences that she didn't really want so the nightmare was there to help her to see and to confront her binge eating so she could regain her balance. Now, let me give you a less common kind of nightmare. That's a true, actual warning. Those are rare, but you can actually have them. I could give you an example. Yes. Okay. For example, a dream about um, a friend who had just opened an exercise studio and it was the first week she was in a mad rush so she was bringing the cash receipts home instead of depositing them in the bank now she starts to have a dream and in this dream she gets home late as she usually did and then in the dream there's a knock on the door she thinks it's her boyfriend so she opens the door and as she opens it she's shocked because it's a robber who, who's comes to steal her cash. Mm. Now, 
she had this dream twice. And she shrugged it off as, okay, it's anxiety. It's my first week with the exercise studio. Okay, a little bit later in time, a few days later, she actually comes home late, as she normally does. She hears a knock at the door. She thinks it's her boyfriend. And guess what? She opens the door, and it was an actual robber with a gun. Oh, my gosh. And she lost. She did lose her whole week's receipts, her cash receipts. Oh. Now, what's important about this dream is that it had all of the signs of a true warning dream. In the first place, it was very intense. In the second place, it was recurring. She had it twice. And I said to her, why didn't you tell me? But of course, you know, at that time, too much was going on. It also had true-to-life details. The dream showed the actual apartment, her habit of getting home late. Plus, it had appropriate reactions. In the dream, she is shocked and horrified. Now, such morning dreams are rare, but they do happen. And now here's something that I think a lot of people don't know, but to me, it's, it's so amazing. The fact is that we pre-dream everything important that happens to us. That's according to the Edgar Casey reading. But to notice those dreams, you have to watch your dreams. How about that? We pre-dream everything important that happens to us. Does that mean that, that the dreams help create it or the dreams are telling us about what has already been created? Uh, good question. Good question. That's actually a more, um, more complicated question than one would think because there's, there's two answers. On the one level, it is telling you what's coming up in your future as a warning. On the other hand, when you talk about, okay, where does the warning come from? How come we can see dreams about the future and get these warnings? And we think of that in terms of, okay, getting connected to your unconscious and then the superconscious is like kind of standing on a hill or a mountain. And if you take a ball and you roll it down one side of the hill, you can see where it's going to roll. You know, one side can have green grass, another side can have branches and sticks where it will stop, another side can have a river or a stream. But you can see where the ball is going to land. And our daily choices are kind of like that, are kind of like standing at the top of a hill and pushing a ball down the hill. Your psyche, your inner self, is connected to all of your choices, all of your thoughts and feelings, all of your past experiences and your goals and wishes. So it is like, the part of you standing on the hill, and it can see when you make a choice, like pushing the ball down a hill, you can get a an idea of where it may land. It's kind of like um, just a guessing game, let's say, that the psyche is playing, that our own mind and inner self is playing, except it's basing it on all the facts that it knows. And so a dream will tell you what is coming up based on your choices. 
And that's how your choices will end up most of the time. If you stay on those, that track, if you change your choices, that outcome won't be, be there. Does that make any sense? It, uh, it's kind of blowing my mind. It does make sense. And it's then part of the value of those warning dreams. Because exactly. if, if we could if we can feel into those warning dreams and see them as such, we can make those little changes, come home earlier, don't bring the cash receipt home, don't answer exactly. the door. Exactly. And, and most of the time, uh, I can't say all the time, but a lot of the time when you have a warning dream, it comes in enough time for you to change something or do something that will either stop it or alleviate it. And that has happened to people. They've dreamed that they're going to be on a certain road. And when they get to a corner, they see a truck going through a red light and crashing into their car. Mm. And it's the exact car that they're driving. It's the exact road and corner where they drive. And so one person who had that exact dream, as they were coming to that intersection, suddenly remembered that dream and they slowed down. And they stopped to make sure that they they were having a safe road before they went forward. And sure enough, in that five-second delay, a truck crashed through the red light. Wow. Fortunately, missed them. Fortunately, missed them. So dreams, most dreams do help you. Sometimes you get a warning dream, though, that's just a heads up to prepare you emotionally about something that you can't change, like... If there's a loved one who's going to die, you know, it could be a parent or someone that we love, and we can't change it. So there are certain warnings that we get that we can't change that simply prepare us emotionally for it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another kind of dream, though, that kind of brings up all of this connection to the unconscious that's really interesting. And that's about you know, death and dreams. Now, most of the time, dreams about death and dying are symbols about change or endings, but one of the most fascinating kinds of dreams are dreams about a visit with a dead loved one. You dream about someone who has died. And that brings up a fascinating point that not all dreams are actually dreams. Some are real experiences that you remember as a dream because dreams are your only vehicle of memory while you sleep. And visits from a dead loved one, you often have them on an anniversary of a, on their birthday or your birthday or at a time when you need reassurance. Let me give you a favorite, one of my favorite examples. There was a young woman. She was about to get married. And her dad had died suddenly the year before she got engaged. So her dad never got to meet the queen. She was very close to her dad. And then a few nights before the wedding, her fiancé had a dream. In the dream, her dad appeared to him and said to him in a very stern voice, treat her well. And he repeated it three times. Hmm. So the groom said, I will. And he was kind of terrified. So when he shared the dream with her and her family, they all laughed because it sounded just like her dad. Hmm. And he was letting her know and them know that he knew about the wedding and he loved it. And it was kind of a blessing, but also telling the groom, yeah, as a dad, he wanted to know that he would treat her right. 
Oh my gosh. Our time is, our time is skipping by and I want you to let the listeners know how they can connect with you and your work on your website. People can submit dreams to you, can't they? They can. And that's something I've been doing right from the start. Anyone can send me a dream and I will analyze it for free. And I'm happy to do that because I know, especially when dreams are scary, the dreams of a dead loved one, someone who's dying, or something that just makes you intensely afraid, by all means, send it to me on my website. And that website is interpretadream.com. Um, you've said that you think that scientists and inventors, uh, visionaries, dreamers, can harness dreams to be a powerful source for their insights. So how can we harness dreams to help mm, to let them help us expand our creativity, to deepen our intuition? How can we use all this good stuff that you're talking about to help improve the quality of our waking lives? Oh, well, that's a great question. Besides, of course, learning how to analyze your dreams, one of the techniques that's kind of amazing um, is that you can actually ask a question as you go to sleep or even during the day. And any question that you ask, your psyche, your inner self will answer as a dream. And it answers it as a dream because that's the only way it can, can communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you ask a question? Well, if you read, there are several of my books that um, explain in depth how to do that. That a modern dream analysis course has a whole chapter on that. But basically what you do is you keep the question simple, like asking a yes or no question. Should I change jobs? Should I move to a new city? Should I um, go out with so-and-so? And that's a kind of like a yes, no question. So you keep it simple, and then you wait for a dream. You can also color code the question. Oh, if if the dream is about such and such, only the color blue or the color red. And then that will help you know that that's the dream about your question. So that's the way to set up a question. There's more to it, uh, but that's the basics of what you do. And... This is based on the fact that the old view of dreams and dreaming was that you kind of sat there or you lay there and a dream happened to you out of the blue. And then you kind of try to work backwards to see what it means. And that's what Freud did. But now we've taken a few giant steps. Now we know that dreams don't just happen to you. It's an interactive process. If you welcome your dreams and you're looking for answers from within yourself, your psyche will answer that. In fact, it'll take any emotion that you have and any question that you have, and it automatically turns it into a question anyway. But if you ask the question directly, you're kind of bypassing that guessing game, and you will get a dream answer on it. Then the next step is learning how to interpret it. And that's not so hard either. That's one of the things I try to tell people. Dream analysis is really not that hard. You check out the five steps in any of my books or on the website. It's free. 
you try it out. You try it on a dozen dreams and with a little bit of practice, you'll be amazed at how quickly you can analyze your dreams. And it sounds like you're saying there's nothing to be afraid of, that that what we find, well, I'll read you a quote from your own book, A Scary Dream is a Paradox. It is bitter tasting medicine for the mind and heart, yet the core of the nightmare holds a sweet center, a message that transforms. So do we need to be scared? Uh, exactly, exactly. The whole point is that even if dreams are scary, if you welcome it as, as if it's a conversation with your best friend, which is the wiser part of you yourself, then it, it won't be scary and it'll be easier to see the message that's underneath. We shouldn't be afraid of our nightmares. Yes, sometimes they do touch real pain, real fears, real traumas, past or present. And that makes it hard to look for the message. But if we just come to relax and look for the message, once you find the message, it can release this amazing energy. It's kind of like finding a whole new part of yourself you didn't know was there. And it might keep us from having the same dream again and again and again. Exactly. If you have a recurring nightmare, the trick is once you find what it means and it tells you where that messages of something either you have to do or something that you have to heal. Now, once you get the message, the recurring dream will stop. The recurring nightmare will stop because that heals you once you get the message. Staza, thank you so much for talking with me. This is fascinating stuff. I'm going to, I will take things away from this and put it into my own, like when I go to bed tonight, I'll be asking a color-coded question. So thank you so much. It's my true pleasure. That is uh, Staza Michaels. We were talking about some material from her book, Nightmares, The Dark Side of Dreaming. And you can find out more about Staza and her work at interpretadream.com. There is a a five-step dream analysis technique that you can find that's free on that website. And as she said, you can submit a dream to her for analysis, and she's happy to do that to help you feel more insight into your own story, onto your own path. That's at interpretadream.com. And you are always welcome over at karenhigger.com. It's a good place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me there if you are so inclined. And remember, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fog City Psychic too. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.